0: You see, people collect all
1: kinds of things.
2: New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is The Mothball Prophecies. Hello, and welcome to The Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Melissa Watson. Today we're sitting down with two creative geniuses who have built a beautiful space to be inspired in. It is in Greenport, New York. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth and Ricky. Hello.
3: Hey.
1: Hi.
2: <laughs> I am so excited.
1: We're so too. <laughs> <I'm I>, nervous. <laughs> oh,
2: I know. I. You know what's funny is I still get nervous, and we're almost a hundred episodes in. Every every time before we get up to it, I'm like, oh, do I know what I'm doing? <laughs> do I know how to get through this? But thank you. I know it is nerve wracking. I've been interviewed for a couple of podcasts and like being on the other side of it, I was like, oh god, yeah, I'm gonna have heartburn. Yeah.
1: And this no. is uh, this is like our first one together. Yeah, first one
3: together. We've done a couple separately, but
1: cool, nice.
3: And we were like just doing stuff. We were just like actively doing things, and I'm like, oh shit, it's six o'clock. I like, can <laughs> we set that? Set up Zoom and. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I uh, will tell you, even though it was my plan, I was doing the same thing. I was like, I looked at my watch and I was like, oh shit, I have 10 minutes to get back to my basement and (laughs) like do this interview. Because that's, you know, when you own your own business, that's kind of your life, right? You're always doing a bunch of other shit. Then you're like, oh, here's this important thing.
3: Yeah, I was just downstairs in the basement working on the next uh, build for Times
4: Vintage. Uh Oh, I'm what is so it? excited. Can you tell us? Yeah. Is it a secret?
3: Yeah, it's it's not a secret. Um, it's the last section. Pretty much. We pretty much hit the whole entire store. There's probably two or three walls that lead, need to be redone. And uh, this is the in the back section. There's uh, glassware. So we're going to do this like vintage, probably late 50s, early 60s, uh, kitchens, <gasps> like mock kitchen, fake kitchen. Um,
0: Holy final, shit.
3: Final, final, floors you know uh the counter countertop with the with the metal edge and
4: oh um, my god that sounds
3: yeah so we're in the process of picking i have the design but we're still we're still working on like colors and we nailed down the countertops we nailed down the floor but we're still working on like paint colors for the
4: cabinets. wow i cannot wait. wait i just painted my kitchen my kitchen's pink you want to go pink
3: that's what we're doing
1: yes, pink. we're gonna go, <laughs> we're go pink going- yeah avocado green oh hell yeah oh,
2: yeah that sounds delightful obsessed got,
3: yes it, it'll be open cabinets it will, they won't have any doors obviously because mm-hmm. you need to you know, sell sell things
2: <laughs> oh that's such a good idea and we're going to get into the store a little bit later because i can't wait to like dive into how that connects creatively for both of you but i have to know like where does your shared love for vintage come from like, did you have early influences? Like, has it always just been a part of both of your lives? Like Elizabeth, I know you grew up around it, but why um, did it stick around?
1: I I don't know. I always, I just like loved it from when I was really little. I, I don't know why I gravitated the vintage stuff, but it's I always was attracted to it my whole life. Everyone's like, you're an old soul, and <laughs> um. I don't know, I just it was a dream to to open a vintage shop and I, I don't know, I've I've always loved like primarily sixties, seventies and really any you know, anything of the genre, but I have always loved it and because um, you grew I, up
2: like with your grandparents, right? Like they were collectors, your parents were collectors.
1: Um they they weren't really collectors, they were more like they, they held on to the things that they had from the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. and like I like I think what I wrote to you because uh, I was trying to think like why do I like this stuff so much and I think it was just their lifestyle like you know being like a young couple in the 50s and, and 60s and like posting all the time and just like they were the best people in, ever So so I just I think anything that they did I thought was like I kind of idolized them, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that they like were vintage collectors. It was just like them in their era. Yeah. I think that influenced me. <laughs> where, where, where I grew up in Spring, Texas, which <laughs> is not the greatest, it's a, it's a fine place, but there's really nothing old. Like yeah. they tear down buildings if they're like 20 years old. It's like,
2: oh, you right. Know, they're like get rid of that thing.
1: And and so I think I was actually really missing
2: that in my growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up around collecting and not necessarily like it was everybody had cool stuff in their house and then like went to antique stores like it wasn't like the way I curate stuff now. It was my grandparents definitely had a hand in helping me appreciate things that weren't common anymore and like the stories and stuff that went behind them, like keeping the collections because they're tied to something important versus having a bunch of stuff in your house that's worth like thousands of dollars.
3: Cool.
2: Yeah. was definitely mine. And Ricky, you grew up in kind of like an art family craftsman. Everybody was doing something creative, right?
3: Yeah, definitely craftsmen. Everyone's creative. Um, and as far as vintage goes, I mean, um, I was, as, you know, as an adult, like in, you know, starting in my twenties, let's say I, I definitely was interested in, um, you know, flea markets and thrift stores and, and, and all that stuff. But, but I had like a, not sixties and seventies, my, I was had an affinity for like late seventies, early eighties.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I was born in 81. So that's kind of like, it's very much like my childhood that I'm like nostalgic about. So it's all that era that I really gravitated towards. Um. And then when I met her, I kind of, I kind of started to get more into sixties uh, and seventies, especially when we were working on the shop. And yeah. you know, I, I really just you know dove into it.
2: Which is, I I love how within the vintage or collecting community or people that like old shit, right? There's always one person. There's always people that started from infancy to the others that started when they had a full choice into like what they wanted to have in their collections and I think it's a really interesting dichotomy to collecting because we all eventually kind of reach the same point right where we're like oh I love this stuff and this stuff and this stuff and this is what I like to keep but it there's always this kind of ebb and flow generationally over what people are collecting and the 60s and 70s as well as the 50s right are just like quintessential classic vintage pieces to have in the modern era I think at least do you feel that same way about it?
1: There yeah <laughs> I, mean, I yeah I would agree it's like it was really cool to like I, I'll just say that meeting Ricky it like I've never dated somebody that was even re- like remotely interested in in what I was doing or vintage um specifically mm-hmm. and I always thought like oh it'd be so cool to have a partner that was like just maybe kind of like a little bit into vintage and then' meeting ricky like he yeah he's more like the 80s like i think of him as like an 80s dude which was like a new also like opened a new door for me with like the 80s kind of stuff and i'm like into that stuff more Mm -hmm. but it was really cool that he he was open to it
2: yeah because yeah that's ideal right like my husband is very similar like he would rather have like modern Ikea type things in the house. And I was like, yeah, absolutely not. We're going to bring this old couch home. (laughs) And now that we've been together longer, he'll see something and he'll be like, isn't that something like cool and vintage? And I was like, it is. Good job. Good job. But he's the same. It's like the 80s, 90s kind of pop culture, old video game, obviously like Star Wars, stuff like that, that kind of rides the lines of his collecting. And Melissa is more of the 70s collector of our friend group. Yeah. Yeah,
4: I kind of I started collecting 50s and then it went to the 60s and now I'm pretty much in the 70s mm-hmm. is like I'm, I'm evolving along with the decades. Good job. <laughs>
1: I feel that way too.
4: I, 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 yeah.
3: Yeah. We're, we were joking this year because she's in her 30s and she just got like an 89 station wagon and we were joking say <laughs> like her 30s are going to be like the 80s of her life. Yeah.
2: You know? <laughs> I'm
1: in my
2: eighties right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is the perfect transition. I love that. Because on TikTok there's a lot of eighties and nineties hair mm-hmm. tutorials happening and what? I what? I mean i I'm not ready for that commitment. Maybe a rat tail. I could do that.
0: Yeah, a rat tail.
4: Yeah. I could see that. On but yeah. um
2: yeah. Do you have a do you have a secret rat tail? She looked at No, you. no, I don't have <laughs> a secret rat
0: tail. Absolutely not.
2: <laughs> so um, I want to talk obviously about this store that you guys have, but I want to talk about your personal space. like what does curation look like for the two of you for your home? Does it kind of magpie or is it uh like linear?
3: well, she's uh, she's a, she owns a vintage shop, but she doesn't really collect anything inside her home. She's almost like just sells it all like just keep, like she she can't keep stuff for herself. She will keep some things, but then she'll just like sell it's them
4: mm-hmm. yeah wow
1: My, like the. I just haven't it's not curated dealt at all with
3: it yeah
2: yeah which I mean yeah same and I that takes incredible restraint to bring stuff in and then just be like nah again I'm just gonna sell it I'm not gonna hold on to this
4: um and
3: just great. You, you would think that you would think she'd have like a, a massive great collection considering the fact that she sells it but <laughs> yeah it just goes right back downstairs and she sells it and that's it she doesn't have anything
1: <laughs> I I love finding the pieces but I I honestly like more seeing other people like become really excited, or like it, it makes me happier mm-hmm. to see the go than
4: to
1: hold on
4: to Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But
1: then I'm like, oh, you know, I think about certain things, yeah. <laughs> you know, in <laughs> hindsight, but I'm like, oh my God, you like this thing?
4: Oh
2: <laughs> <laughs> the vintage that gets away, right? When you're like, oh, like, oh, I didn't know what that was. I was just like, oh, this is cute. Let's put it out there.
4: Um, just for the listener's sake, though, I want to describe the setting that they're sitting in because we can see them. Yeah. Hi, guys. Um, <laughs> they have behind them is a beautiful floral, either a mural or wallpaper, but it's full length, huge flowers. Mm-hmm. And then they're sitting on a cheetah print sectional couch. Mm-hmm. And now I want to hear again that you guys don't have anything cool in your house. You don't have You don't collect cool things. There's also a Hollywood Regency <laughs> swag lamp.
3: It's not as you would expect when you see the shop. It's like clean, concise. Oh, okay. Up here is just like, oh yeah, that desk from upstairs. Just bring it up there, and then in a year from it's now, like, she'll go. I'm gonna sell, it. and she'll just like get rid of it. And then, oh, and then, okay. And then, and okay.
4: okay. That okay. makes it's, like, sense. up here. Yeah. Then, so an ever um, evolving
3: space. I just space. or like never evolving.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> never evolving uh-huh. because. I, I feel like I've lived here for eight years. I live above the shop, but I've just put so much in. Like everything goes to downstairs. Yeah. That I just, I honestly, I want to be away. Wh- like uh, there's so much stuff. The shop's huge, and I wish we could have been there, but it's open right now. Oh. Um, but I like honestly want to just get away from some stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, in my personal space.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's all that's kind of what I was wondering when you were describing that. I was like, if you're like going away from it as going upstairs, like you're already seeing it, curating it, and then you get to see it while you're working. It's not mm-hmm. like you're like really away from it until it goes out the door. Like you still get to be a part of its existence just no, And I had, like, kind of the, a similar epiphany with my collections, right? Like, the basement of my home is where the studio is and also where all of my really breakable stuff is. But it just kind of turned into this, like, mound of vintage that I was like, somebody will like this. Somebody will like this. And we just had a yard sale, thank God. But yeah. it was oh, that, like, that when you find something, you're like, oh, I'll just bring it home. And then your home is filled with cool stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: I mean, we'd like to curate upstairs. We're slowly because we're about to get done with the shop in a little bit, and we're thinking like, let's start with the living room, and let's you know, let's make it cool. We can make it cool. Let's yeah, make it cool. It's,
1: a, <laughs> it's definitely on the agenda, but it, it's been on the back burner for a long time. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're both very busy. Yeah. So, uh, Elizabeth, you have the times vintage, right? Which is the vintage store. And then Ricky, you have Ricky TV, which is your custom wood fabrication.
3: Yeah. I don't ever really know how to explain it. It's kind of, you know, it started off as woodworking. It was, I was making signs for a while, but then it kind of now is, is kind of like retail space, designing and building retail space. All everything's handmade. I don't use computers really. Um, yeah that's just yeah um so i work recently i've done a lot of work for times vintage obviously but i um just did like a like a more modern looking bagel shop
4: so cool i know
3: and um but a lot of my designs are definitely like they're all retro and there's some kind of retro inspiration in almost all of them i I almost can't escape it Mm -hmm. Um, even if i do it you know I don't know, like a rustic, like some kind of, it still ends up being slightly retro.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But it's, I mean, I think the first video that came across my stuff when I discovered your TikTok was the donuts you were making out of upcycled materials and all the, and then you kind of got lost in the void for a minute. I was like, shit, what was that guy's TikTok that makes these incredible pieces? And then it came back up with stuff working at the shop now how long have you done this like did i know you like you have your dad was a woodworker your grandfather was a craftsman like did this just happen naturally for you or were they like hey ricky here's some hand tools whittle something
3: i was reluctant as a as a teenager in high school and everything i I wanted to do i wanted to do acting really um and then i went to college but didn't actually like. you know, chase acting. I was chasing, like, I don't know, secondary education in science, like (laughs) this nonsense stuff. And then I almost dropped out of school, but then I didn't. So I ended up finishing college. And uh, during that time, like, um, working with my dad as a carpenter was a way to make money. So started doing that. And I never wanted to do that in high school. I was like, I'm never doing that. I'm just, I'm not doing it. Um, but I I did, (laughs) (laughs) the money was good. And then uh, it was just kind of my career from now on out. So, uh, you know, I did a lot of traveling and stuff and it was just, you know, that's what I, how I made money. So, yeah. uh, and I just upgraded, finished carpenter, you know, and then by the time I was, I had, a, I had my, uh, me and my ex had a kid at 30 or something, like 32 or something. And I started making furniture for like her room and, and like a baby name sign. And then I started, you know, making my, you know, friends, kids, little signs and stuff. And then I just started chasing more of the creative side too. Cause I was just doing finished carpentry. It was just, just interior, like, you know, cabinets and trim molding. And, um, so I was doing the more fun, artistic stuff. Like I made, making beds and signs and whatnot. And then that just kind of just kept growing. And then I moved back home back here. Um, and yeah, I started doing a couple of businesses cause I was friends with the people who owned them. Uh, and then, had my eye on the times vintage for a while. Cause I, 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 love, I love, like I said, I was, I love vintage. I love flea, flea markets, all that stuff. And I wanted to dive into that element, you know, cause I was doing like Mexican restaurants and stuff. And I wanted to do like, uh, I just knew I could, I knew I could do something really cool here. Um, so I, I was aware of her. She wasn't aware of me. And I was like, you know, chasing a bit. And then she hired me to do a, uh, a vinyl sign, a vinyl record sign for out front. Um, and you know, we did that. (laughs) And then it was still, I, Oh, when I was doing that sign, I was like, uh, her dressing rooms look like an outhouse. They're like, (laughs) they're horrendous. Um, And I was like, we should do something with this. I I think we could tear them down and we could build something, uh, something else there. That's, you know, we can do something fun like, uh, you know, like Instagramable walls or something, you know, do. And I had this idea for, uh, three-dimensional wallpaper, you know?
0: Ugh, yeah.
3: So I was like, yeah, let's, you know, let's do something like that. And she was like, yeah, but you know, I, the sign cost a lot for her, you know, even though I wasn't charging that <laughs> was much at the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and she was just kind of like, oh, I probably can't afford this guy. So uh, I finished this uh, big, like um, wooden Mahogany greenhouse project for this Mexican restaurant that I work a lot with out here. And she saw the pictures. And at the time she was looking to like really go all in on the shop. Cause she was, she was contemplating leaving, leaving the shop. Right. Um, so she, she was like, no, I'm going to go all in and, and just decided like, fuck it. Let's just, let's do it. You know, let's yeah. do, let's just, you know, let's do something. <laughs> yeah. And this is all we were just now, she, she was in a relationship prior to that when I did the final sign, um, I was just single floating around, but then I mean, once we started the dressing rooms, like we kind of like started dating. Soon. Yeah,
1: pretty soon.
3: Soon <laughs> into that,
1: and it, and we both like resisted that too. Like yeah. we were, we were like, no, no, no. And, but it was kind of enough. We always we feel like it, it was enough. It was inevitable, yeah. Yeah, and our joke is like local boy saved shop like a (laughs) lifetime movie (laughs) like the crossroads of like do I want to keep doing this and then I made the decision like I'm going to do this like I'm going to do it like to the best possible you know make it the best and yeah the timing was really perfect Mm -hmm. and I needed help and what Ricky's done for the shop is just it's honestly beyond my wildest dreams like it's insane.
2: Yeah, it's really setting the precedent for like what a vintage shopping experience could be, right?
3: That's what we're I mean, that's what I'm hoping. I mean I wanna be, like the best in the world. You know, that's yeah. what, that's my goal, you know. So um not only have the not only have the uh, inventory, what the hell's inventory? What is it called? <laughs> oh,
1: cool shit.
3: Yeah, yeah. whatever.
1: <laughs> Rad stuff. <laughs>
3: product i don't know whatever business product it's called um
4: but have like a
3: full experience and at one point i wanted to start started wanting to create like pieces displays that felt authentically 60s and 70s -hmm. like just completely red like they should have existed then but didn't you know yeah um and that's kind of like once i hit that stride it like that like you know I came alive with, with doing that, like really locking into a time period, really studying the architecture, then listening to the music, then going all into the point where then, then I would try to create something for her shop that looked, that looked like it came. It was vintage. I wanted it to look vintage, not retro.
2: Yeah. And you fucking nailed it. I remember seeing you build the huge shelf display in the, like kind of looks like the center of the store. Obviously I've never been to your store. But I remember watching that come together. And then when you stood next to it, I was like, holy shit. It's so it's huge. huge. And then you fucking like sat on it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And like watching you build these things, it is very apparent of your skill, one, and your passion for it. Like everything you're creating looks like it lights you up. Like it is what you have always wanted to do when yeah. it's incredible like i remember the first time i came across it i was like melissa have you seen this guy's tiktok have you seen this yeah and then she sent it to me i was like oh my
4: god
2: because melissa's (laughs) also she's a leather worker so she makes um all sorts of stuff and is a craftsman so it's like the same kind of we're all kind of in these fields of creativity i'm a hairdresser professionally so when you see somebody else do something that feels like chasing their dreams, you're like, oh, this is rad. Look at them
3: get yeah, after inspiring. it. Yeah, I I love yeah. finding people online that are just doing stuff like, just going nuts and doing really big things. It's so fucking inspiring.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, Elizabeth, I have to ask you about like almost leaving the shop. Like, What changed for you in your business approach to make you spearhead it? Well,
1: I, so I've had the shop for eight and a half years and I opened it with my dad um, which is is really amazing and I'm so grateful to him and I, like we couldn't do it without each other and he's he's the record boy now like mm-hmm. that's his fault in the shop but um, I don't know I was at a six or seven year period um, honestly like going through a breakup <laughs> makes you just kind of want <laughs> it's a really small town mm. yeah um, and I just, I've like, we talk about this a lot, but I, I opened the shop when I was 23 oh, and wow. I feel like it was in hindsight, it was a little, maybe too young because I still have like, I still have like a, a travel bug. I want to explore and, you know, yeah. I just, I, I love Greenport. It's an inc- incredible and beautiful place, but I, I was kind of like do I want to continue living here? And just, I don't know. I was kind of exploring what my life could look like in a different place. But mm. obviously the, the shop is my baby. Like it's, it's my child. And I kind of ultimately was like, well, we're not, I'm not done here. Like I'm not done with this. And, and I don't want to do like, what else would I be doing? Like, I don't want to do anything else. Like mm-hmm. I'm yeah. doing my, I'm doing my dream, but like, I I was an emotional wreck and I, I was I went to California um with some friends and I went to a shop in Joshua Tree that just was like really made me feel like good and, and like I just left visiting this place with such a great like feeling and I was like this is what I want the shop to to be like in Greenport. Like I want it to be a place where people can come in and like feel happy and like kind of have a little escape and and i just wanted it to be like a really i needed it for myself Mm -hmm. too to be an inspiring place Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um, so i was like okay let's and then ricky literally after i decided that i'm like okay i was like time to clean out the basement that was the first step and i was like oh god
2: (laughs) (laughs) and that's where your wood shop is now right ricky
3: uh, when, I, when I'm working here, yeah, I, okay. I set up, Yeah.
2: the yeah. hobby shop at the house.
3: Yeah, in the basement, locked in the basement. Yeah. And I've slowly renovated the basement. Oh too, my this God. It's it to the, the point f- now, I've totally gutted it and cleaned it, but it was like a slow process where I'm like, well, there's no light in this room. I've had a light. And then, like, slowly to the point now where there is like a legitimate wood shop, and then there's like it's all so the nice. clothing racks to hang it's stuff so- from. And-
1: He's literally <laughs> my angel. Seriously. <laughs> Came in at the perfect time and
3: worked wonders. Yeah, like she, I, I remember, I finished. I told you I finished that greenhouse, and then she commented, she commented on it, and then I was like, let's do those dressing rooms, and she was like, okay, <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's convert those outhouses to a place people. Feel yeah,
3: <laughs> she was <laughs> so
1: happy to like sledgehammer those
3: things, sledge <laughs> <laughs> them down, and then burned them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's a true testament to like following what you know you want to do but it feels impossible like we live in kind of a smaller town right and that gets in the way of what you think you can achieve right you're like oh this place and these people and they won't go for that and they won't do it and then I like I don't even really know you and I'm so proud of you both for like chasing that dream that seemed so unreachable and really creating exactly what you wanted to create like that's so beautiful that you both were just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's make this space.
3: Yeah. And it, it was like timing was just perfect because mm-hmm. I spent, I spent, you know, almost 20 years working as a carpenter, you know, for someone else, just the hours of that and everything. It's just, it sucks. You know, and then you start, I go, I, I started going out on my own and it was just a new world and I was full of life, full of energy, 16 hour working, 16 hour days. Just that I just, that's what I was doing. What I wanted to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I yeah when I started the dressing rooms here in 2020 it was just like you know 16 hours going nuts just loving it yeah. you know and, and barely being paid anything because yeah you, you can't charge that much <laughs> for what I was I mean, there's, there's 500 hand cut flowers on that on that wall you know yeah. you can't really charge for that goes <laughs> an hour.
2: right mm. but when you love it right when you create I it
3: I didn't care I wanted to create something so big. And, like, that was going to be the reward. And I kept telling myself that, like, as far as the business goes, um, I'm investing in myself. This is like a business loan. My time is my business loan for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep investing it, show everyone what I can make. And then eventually someone who, who has money will, you know,
0: mm-hmm. want
3: to hire me.
4: <laughs> Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. What an inspiring thing. Mm-hmm. That, like, I, I just really love that thought.
3: And yeah. there, I had so much advice from people that were like, you need to charge more. You need to do this. You should do that. And if I, if I followed that advice, I'd be like building people's decks. You know what yeah. I mean? That's what, money, that's what the money was at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. But I
3: was like, no. like I'm going to do this. Get paid $10 an hour. And, and if people are going to see it. And people are going to want it. And it's what I want to do. And it's... Mm-hmm. and it, you it, was,
1: know. it was so cool collaborating. Like Neither of us had done that. Mm-hmm. Like Especially with
3: like a lover, yeah, <laughs> as a, as, was, yeah, as that was, it as, was
1: special. A know. next
3: level of like relationship, where like not only are you in a relationship, but then you're also collaborating, working on something together.
2: I mm-hmm. think it could go one of two ways. It could be real bad or beautiful. Like there's a there's a real fine line yeah. with collaborating <laughs> creatively with your loved one, like your partner. And really, I mean, the stuff you guys created, like you said, Ricky, it existed in one form, but you guys are setting like the bar for what the modern love of that era is and making it attainable again. Because it's like you can't find built ins for a reasonable price, but like somebody could see it in your store or on the Internet and be like, oh, shit, do you see how he like, you know, if they know a little bit about it, they could be like, all right, let's make that 3D wallpaper or try and. (laughs) And that's so cool to me. Like I working in a creative field and there's always that input from people, like you said, Ricky about like, you should charge this or you should work this much or you should do that. And it's just like working for somebody else. But when you create stuff that people admire, then they take a step back and give you that like, congratulations. Like I always knew you could do it. You're doing such a great job. kid. (laughs) Aww. and I, cause I wondered about that too. I was like, okay, they're in a relationship and they like, I knew the store was Elizabeth's and then there was that collaboration. I was curious to know what that was like behind the scenes. I'm glad to know that it was fun and inspiring and lovely.
1: It was supposed to end. Like we kind of thought the relationship and the business relationship was going to be like, okay, the dressing rooms are fun. Like <laughs> that's it.
0: Cause
3: we were like, we were like having fun. We were both saying like, she wasn't ready to jump into anything after that breakup, and I was kind of just like being just a, just a floating man, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I, you know.
2: <laughs> like I'm just here to build shit and like high five you.
1: Yeah, he was my transition boy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no. um, it
2: really is like a lifetime movie.
3: <laughs> and then, and then, I don't know. It's just, um, it just we were we've kind of. The pandemics definitely helped. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah lots of free time.
3: Yeah,
1: um, we just wanted to keep it going. Like, why stop it? I mean, obviously, like the money was like a thing.
3: Money was definitely out, a thing because, but... like, you know, <laughs> I
1: the, don't know
3: if the you've
2: the been around building materials were, anytime soon,
3: but projects really yeah. thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, COVID <laughs> made building materials real, real expensive.
3: Yeah, and just like she couldn't have really afford to pay me to to work 400 hours to like make a dressing room. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that, It didn't matter. Like the relationship element helped that too, because it yeah. was just like, I was doing something for my girlfriend at that mm-hmm. time. You know what I
0: mean?
3: Yeah. Um, and we were just creating something that we, you know, it just added to the whole, the relationship and everything. It just like, you know, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I love it. You guys are the sweetest. I'm I, I bummed that this is a podcast because they're so like, just cuties and like the little squeezes they're giving each other like good job honey you answered that so well you did beautiful it's just it's once we're done i'm just gonna be like that's what i want yeah that (laughs) which i i do my husband is a darling like he has supported this dream that was a fucking podcast from nothing so he doesn't listen to the show so he won't hear me say thanks honey love you
1: but been
2: doing this now oh uh we are getting ready to celebrate two years in august it will be our second year anniversary of the podcast and i started it from nothing like i did theater and stuff in high school and very 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 basic audio knowledge computer knowledge anything like that and i wasn't working during the pandemic because i'm a hairdresser and they closed salons for God. It was just eleven weeks, but nobody knew, right? So it was like this. The summer kept going, and you know, working for yourself. Like I'm like, well, here goes my savings. Let's and like that point, it was like, and I've said it repeatedly on the show about like that's when I kind of realized like everything was imaginary. Like bills were imaginary, success was imaginary. Having a successful career made you no better than anybody else. And like realizing how much of my personality I had put into my success behind the chair and then having it like taken away, I was like, Oh, it's time to reevaluate some shit and like get back to doing creative things we love. And I was in, I'm in an antique study group with a bunch of older women and that's kind of where the idea was first born was like, how do I record these important stories of people's lives and, like, where what does that look like? And that's where it's gotten us to this point. And my goal is to hopefully, like, continue the pursuit of making it my full-time thing with this.
1: Yeah. So. So yeah. Cool.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of like, it was. it's like very affirming to hear Elizabeth's story while you're talking about, like, I was ready to walk away from everything. And then just give it that. And that's kind of where I'm at with a lot of things creatively was like, okay, what needs to go? and What needs to stay? Like, what needs to give all the attention and money? Right now, that I don't really have to, to make it turn into what I want it to turn into. So that was like that nice little nod from like, eh, you're doing the right thing, kid.
3: Yeah, yeah I mean, putting in on your own is everything.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I,
3: I did it in 2018. It was just like, it's life changing, you know? Yeah. Even if you're not, even if you're making a quarter of what you were making before, it doesn't matter if you're kind of doing what you want to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: As long as you can, you know, have a house and stuff still. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that thing. Yeah. As long as you can, like, Stuff, yeah, but mm-hmm.
2: yeah, because I've done hair. I've been a licensed hairdresser for almost 14 and a half years. And I thought it was like my forever career. I was an educator. I was on stage. I did all of these things. And then when the pandemic happened, I was like, oh, shit. Like it was like uh, the 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 light behind it had been gone for a little bit because you get into routine with it, right? You see the same people. You do the same kind of hair. You do all the same stuff. And that creativity that you crave when you are creative was just not there anymore. And I was like, I've always told myself if I'm doing something I'm not fully enjoying, it's time to find something else to do that you enjoy just as much. And then this happened. And I love every moment of the podcast and talking to people yeah. and all of those things. So there's what's going on in Sam's life corner. <laughs> that's <laughs> so cool.
1: <laughs> Thanks. And I love the name. Mark.
3: Yeah, that's so good. That's <laughs> Thank good. you. Got a mass load of, Hideous mothball smelling. Yeah, probably like three <laughs>
1: bags of just three. Pretty- oh,
2: yeah. glorious antique I smelling. The
3: smell I actually good. like. I actually like the smell.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's not <laughs> bad. I mean, it. It smells like what? old stuff. Yeah. 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 Is that the antique store smell? Is it mothballs or cedar? Which one is it?
1: Uh, cedar. Yeah.
2: A little mix of both.
3: Too,
2: yeah, it does. <laughs> so I. What was that? Go ahead. I, I,
3: don't, know what, uh, I don't know what's up with moths. They they don't like good-smelling things.
4: But. Yeah.
2: No, they're garbage. They're just like pigeons and rats, you know. Like could you imagine how pissed off you'd be if you thought you were going to be a fucking butterfly and then you get out of a cocoon and you're just like a fat-bottomed yeah. moth that leaves dust oh. everywhere?
4: I love so- I <laughs> they're like moths. I love them.
2: But could you imagine like you're like, "Oh my god, I'm going to be a monarch butterfly." And then you come out and you're a cabbage moth. How pissed off would you? I'd be pissed. <laughs> I mean it's great. I'm happy for moths that listen yeah. to the show. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. My apologies. Yeah, it's fine.
2: What was the transition from we had the dressing rooms and then what was the next project? And then when did you both realize like, oh shit, we're doing the whole store? Like we're doing this front to back.
3: So it was dressing rooms were early twenty twenty and then I was doing a couple other projects. Um and then that was like uh, maybe eight months later we did the next one and that was the space age vanity project
0: Mm -hmm. which
3: that one was initially she was just kind of like complaining that she wanted a place to hang jewelry Mm. and I was like oh we we should maybe build some kind of vanity that's like a jewelry display vanity Uh, and then that suddenly like evolved into like a space 60s space age like and it just kept getting bigger and bigger we kept taking (laughs) on more and more wall space until we built like what we built and that one was like my one of my first moments in design and build where I really felt like I fit I hit a stride with authentically building something building something that authentically looked vintage that Mm -hmm. like that looked like it could have came from like a Macy's in London and like you know just
1: something
3: mm -hmm. that was just yeah it was next level it was
2: did you ever think you would spend so much time with a router in your hands, though? Like, rounding edges uh, all forever?
3: Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm used to that with my job, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, <no. laughs> uh, it was worse sanding the butterflies. It was way worse. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. um, so then after we did the vanity, it was a, it's a giant, I think it's a five-foot circular mirror. And what happens with that is when you oh, look in the mirror, now okay. you look behind you, and all you see is the chaos of the register.
1: <laughs> Shit,
3: like yeah, absolute like, chaos. So
1: a domino effect. So
3: everything kept did. going like that. So actually, in order to even build a vanity, because she had some clothes hanging over there, we had to make a clothing rack to to like basically uh, just make a make a, a detailed display, but also like put it, make it more smart. Because she just had like racks on the floor, and we wanted to like. almost everything that we did we created more space after we built Mm. it it
1: it kept getting bigger it kept getting bigger even though we were
3: building these huge displays because they were just more efficient yeah you know um so we we first built that whole big this clothing rack in in the in the beginning to uh so that we could do the uh vanity Mm -hmm. and then vanity had a giant mirror so we looked behind and the it was chaos it's just because yeah. it's like a vintage shop where you know it's it's all just old shit kind of stacked all over the place mm-hmm. uh, and it has a certain look they all have the same look yeah uh, so yeah we just started doing like that attacking each each wall though sometimes she would throw me off like the i wanted to do the register immediately after <laughs> but then she was like oh let's what do we do i didn't remember what we did after that the
1: menu section
3: yeah, she just kept pushing me to, well, I don't really like the men's section. So we kept doing different sections like that. Um, yeah. It's
1: like when you, well, you know, when you move one thing, even just like rearranging, which I was like, if you move one thing, you got to change the whole thing. Yeah.
2: Literally, this is, yeah, yep. this, this used to have your radiant <laughs> glass on it. And I moved yeah. one piece and put up the big swag lamp and I was like, son of a bitch and pulled everything down and then redid it. And I was like, you have too much to do
0: because yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: i'm not yeah. a creative planner i'm a creative uh the inspiration strikes and i have to do it now yeah. or everybody's gonna suffer if i don't get it
1: out of <laughs> my body yeah,
2: yeah. and you guys created the hangers right for the shop or did you buy those hangers the ladyhead hangers? Uh, hangers,
3: hangers yeah the physical hangers yeah no those are just velvet. The ones? no those are just normal i mean i create racks yeah yeah, yeah, the racks, not the actual.
2: Oh, okay, okay. That's
3: the tires, right?
2: Yeah, that's what, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, I built all the all the racks. are all custom built. Um, that's so crazy. Yeah, I, you do have two or three floor racks still that are just old floor racks.
2: That Ricky um, obviously every, hates. He
0: wants <laughs> Yeah.
1: All <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> racks for sale.
2: <laughs> so um, the most recent finish in the shop was like the record area, right? Is that?
3: Yeah, record wow. room. Because oh. I wanted to do the same thing, she keeps doing with me. I wanted to do the kitchen. <laughs> the kitchen we're doing now. I wanted to do that oh, like uh, six, mo- eight months ago. But she was she, her dad was complaining yeah, that it's cool. not enough record room, record space, and she wanted to do the record room. And I was really reluctant because I was like, "Let's just—that's a whole separate room, and it's a separate thing. It's not the clothing." So I was like, "Let's just do that later. Let's do mm-hmm. all this other stuff we'll and later." Dad,
1: he started putting like. Stacks of records, just like on, on the floor. floor. <laughs> like, you like? I think he's doing it on purpose. because like, he kept asking. We're like, well, okay, we'll get to. It. Yeah, then, he was like,
3: okay, next, maybe you guys can do the record. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like, I'm just gonna
2: stack all this shit and see who it makes mad first. <laughs> Walks in yeah. and somebody's measuring, and he's like, that's what I thought.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. And then and that one was fun because that was our first full room renovation because we we've really been doing like this wall, this wall, this wall, this yeah. section. So this one was like full room. Let's gut it and just go full brand new design on it. Um,
2: And it really looks like if you were to walk into a record store in the 60s or 70s, like the color of the paneling, the color of the floor, like totally take like it should smell like cigarettes. There should probably be some weird (laughs) porn curtain, like all (laughs) the the stuff that that room has, especially like the little listening booth that you made with like the kind of tambour style top. It's the
4: coolest you. thing.
2: It's crazy to me that you don't do it. I mean, I get that you write everything down, but the fact that all of this just lives in your fucking brain and you're just like, oh, yeah, let's just put
3: this <laughs> Well, thing- I, can't, I can't draw. The only program I know how to use is Photoshop on the computer. I don't know how to use any like digital building programs. So I kind of don't have a choice. But mm-hmm. I've always been a good builder. So like, I if I see something, I can kind of build it in my head. The hard part is, is really translating the translating it with Lizzie or my clients to be like, Hey, like, w- like this is what I want to build. And they're, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't even kind of know. It's kind of like, I need mm-hmm. to start getting my hands mm-hmm. dirty to kind of like, you know, step it, by step create it.
2: Yeah. That's um, refreshing to hear. Cause I think like, I know like Melissa has, it, I have it where creatively where somebody's like, well, what's your idea? And I'm like, I just got to start doing it. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like it yeah. will reveal itself as I'm making something. But right now, that, I,
3: what happens really? I mean, mm-hmm. There's a lot of like just Pinteresting, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. just to get this color, this 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 thing, this floor, or something like this. Or I'll just like be looking at a hundred thousand record booths from that time, and then you know. But then at some point, I had to create my own. You know, I went my own direction with that one.
2: Yeah, and you killed it. I mean, the whole shop, and I'm so bummed we're running out of time because this is incredible, and I love. I love hearing how creatively this has progressed for the two of you as your pr- relationship has progressed and creating this incredible space that I'm sure is going to be like, everybody's going to know what the Times Vintage and Ricky TV is in the short amount of time because it's so good. So the next plan, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, is the kitchen idea. Now, can you explain that again? Because it's brilliant way to display, obviously, kitchen items. What's the what's the future plan for that space?
3: Yeah, so back by where you saw that wood, the freestanding like mid-century modern wood shelf that's kind of like oversized, so that you could fit lots of glasses and plates on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that back section she has, what is that unit on the back floor? wall? It's phone?
1: like um, what's a
3: cato system, like the 50s little wall unit. And it's, it's for <laughs> sale. It's for sale, it's for sale too. <laughs> um, and then she just had this big long table with a bunch of glasses on it, and it's just kind of like the cato system good for for. Display, but the table is just—it's useless. It's kind of like wasteful space. It's just mm-hmm. one surface. Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point, somebody—this is this is an idea it that somebody else actually. It was actually.
4: my friend.
1: Shout out to Justin, like, <laughs> Samantha's husband, who's a chef and likes to buy the quirky little kitchen doodads. Was like, you know, you know, it'd be really cool if y'all had like a a fake kind of kitchen in here that. You know, like
3: light, light like, bulbs. <gasps> <you
1: know? laughs> like, oh my god, great yeah. idea! So finally, that we're doing it. Like,
3: yeah, we're doing later. that. So yeah, it's gonna be. It's we're using um, like a retro formica like top. Uh, you know, it's gonna look very fifties, but i I want it to look more late fifties, early sixties. I don't want. I don't want checkered board floor. I don't really want. You know, a lot of people do that fifties kitchen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do that, but like a little like like eight years older, you know? Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yeah. Kind of like the, maybe, you know, the home was built in the forties and the family got some monies in the fifties, but they still liked some of that stuff. And so they're rolling in the things they like, but not following the trends. Is that what I'm thinking of?
3: Having like a creative, like, I want to add some wood, some raw wood because Mm -hmm. a lot of the examples I see, they really, they just look more, professionally designed kitchens from that late fifties period. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of like the paint on paint on paint just looks it looks like homeowner. It looks like retro. It looks yeah. like a new kitchen, a mm-hmm. retro kitchen. Yeah. So we're just we're I don't know, we're just having a hard time first finding materials. Yeah. Because this is the it's first time we're doing a floor too in there.
1: It's uh. been hard to find like like we come up with a color scheme or like a palette and then to find the We're so limited with what's
3: out there. You have to find wallpaper, countertops, flooring.
2: You know who has a collection of vintage wallpaper? How much
4: wallpaper do you need? (laughs) 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 He gets up. He's like, hold on a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll
2: have to, because we have some cool stuff in our collection that's like vintage kitchen or that era inspired. So after this, we'll have to talk a little bit and kind of see what we can keep our eyes out Mm -hmm. for you in the wild west for this space oh, thank you. yeah yeah because we have some dumb shit we collect that makes no fucking sense so <laughs> that we have no space for literally none
3: yeah i think we're we're down to wallpapers left we, we yeah, basically we just chose we the mean. countertop um and we we found this uh do you remember do you know kentile the old kentile force like yes composite, composite. they don't make kentile anymore but it's like now it's vinyl so we found a color pink that we really liked, but it was discontinued. So oh. we were calling oh. everywhere for it. And just nobody
0: was.
3: <laughs> um, and then at some point, some guy was like, Oh, you know who you should call. And he gave me the name to place that I can't remember in New York city. Uh, EC, something like that. EC floors, I think. And they had three boxes left. of this <gasps> floor Was got. it <laughs>
4: enough? Was that enough for what you had in mind?
3: Yeah, it was the exact floor. It a, it, it's a, you know, Armstrong vinyl tile product but. The color of bubble uh, gum.
0: Yeah. Oh.
3: oh yeah, it's we only needed I think two boxes, and we they, they said they only had two, but they actually gave us like a like a two and a half, like whatever it was like there was in the box, oh. it must have been or something. So. That's wow. awesome.
4: That is, that, I would have
3: their last. That was it. You know,
2: I would pass out. Yeah, I'd just be like, oh god, how, <laughs> who would have thought? I love when that happens. When like you're on the right track with something, and there's like, oh, here you go. Like here's your reward. Yeah, it made you worry a little bit, but.
3: Yeah, and it makes it force the decision, which is nice too. Cause you yeah. can go back and forth a lot. You're like, oh, no, no, it's hard to find. We found it. It's, off. it's ours. We're done. Yeah, so yeah. double
1: gum pink floor. Yeah. Done. Oh, that's that's
0: so, so awesome.
2: Good. Jill and I have this thing where when we were designing the show, it's that same thing of like, no, this is what we want. It's like not negotiable. We call it like the hard nipple moment. Like if the decision does not make our nipples hard, we're not going with it. Like <laughs> that is the bottom line. So we'll text each other. And I'm like, how are you feeling about this? And she's like, meh. And I was like, me too. All right, onward we go. Um, I love it. I'm one so glad that we got to sit down with both of you and hear about the process behind it. I can't wait to make it to that side of the country just to stop in and see everything in person. And if you are not following either one of these accounts, the Times Vintage on Instagram or Ricky TV on TikTok, you're missing out across the board. Because Ricky also does these like weird woodworking thirst traps. And they're <laughs>
1: yeah, they they're the
2: best. They make me giggle so hard. Like there's one, I'm not gonna reveal anything about it, but it involves a lot of sanding. And oh, yeah. the oh, comments.
1: Yeah. So it's so
2: good. I love everything that you're doing. So where can our listeners find you in person at your store?
1: We are in Greenport, New York. Do Yeah, Green- <laughs> Greenport, New York. Which is two and a half hours, two hours-ish east of uh, New York City. So we're on the North Fork of Long Island.
3: Yeah, South Fork is the Hamptons. We're the North Fork. It's... it's- Hamptons-esque Hamptons lights kind of oh. but all at the end of Long Island basically we're at the very end
2: okay doesn't make any sense to me I've never been to New York City. Yeah.
3: it will to some people it <laughs> will yes
2: and um, are you guys open seven days a week
1: um, we're about to be Ooh. summer hours so
2: yeah, we're, we've are we been closed Tuesdays,
3: but soon that is no more
1: so.
2: that's alright I don't blame you. I take Mondays off so you're fine we gotta have our days you know to source and like not look at people directly in the face
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right.
2: Wait, (laughs) go ahead. Well, yeah, you don't have to look at a lot of people. (laughs) Just like be like, do you like this? Good, because it's going on the ceiling. Sorry.
3: Yeah, then I go back in the hole.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's time now for my favorite part of the show, which is the estate sale walkthrough. For those of you that are new to the podcast, every week on the Mothball Prophecies, I write an imaginary estate sale walkthrough, whether it be a flea market, vintage store, Uh, time traveling, anything like that. The only catch is you can only pick one of the items from the scenarios that will be listed. There's going to be a couple of things listed that are among our guests' favorite things. You can only pick one or the other. If you think it's the right color, it's the right color. If it's the size, it's the size. Money is no object, and it will fit in your home. Are we ready? Ready. (laughs) I was like, Ricky, you got to let me pose or something.
0: Just <laughs>
2: All right. So today's estate sale walk through. We are headed to a flea market, right? We first stop at a large tent filled with old signs. Do you choose the vintage Seven Up Peter Max sign or the orange Seven Up sign with the little bubbles? It's kind of one of the first ones. Ricky, we'll start with you.
3: I'm going with the Peter Max one. Yeah.
2: What about you, Lizzie? I
4: agree. Peter Thanks. Max. We'll be fighting over
2: it. Oh, the three-tiered. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to go with the orange one then, because I don't want us all to just (laughs) like do the Spider-Man meme where we're pointing at each other to give me... (gasps) Give me! All right. Good. I'm glad that was relatively simple. All right. This next one is shaped specifically for you, Ricky. Uh We're headed straight for a booth with vintage TVs, of course. Mm. Do you choose The Predicta by Philco or the jvc <laughs> like round one that's kind of yeah. like a robot-y looking or the jvc video sphere which is a little more mod
3: oh i'm going with the sphere i like the sphere tvs more than i like the older 50s ones for sure okay
2: yeah. melissa's googling I have to look it look it up yeah look it up
4: i'm sh- i'm almost positive oh yeah i'm going with the sphere too
2: the Philco. what about you lizzie you got any you got any uh,
4: i need to
2: Alright, oh, well. let me pull up the picture of what yeah. the Philco looks like because I feel like Ricky might change his mind.
4: Yeah, Google the... What sphere.
3: was it? Philco what?
2: The Philco Predicta.
4: Everybody's Googling.
2: Google. Thanks to uh, Feral Cat for these TV suggestions, by the way. You can blame her.
3: Nice. But- and then the other one was...
2: The JVC Video Sphere.
3: Yeah, VideoSphere.
4: Alright. Melissa, is your answer stand? No, I would go with the Predicta <coughs> now now that I'm seeing it. Oh, the video sphere is cool. It looks like a helmet.
3: Oh, God, it's so sexy. Though.
2: <laughs> I'm also going to go with the Philco. I like the sphere, mm. but the Predicta fits more into what if it, it would go in the basement. So yeah. it fits more
0: yeah.
2: here. It's the vibe. All right. Last one is a time travel. Okay. But before we go back in time, we got to figure out which house we're going to. Okay. You get to shop one of these two houses for anything you could ask for. Do we go to do you go to Sonny and Cher's house, okay, in the sixties, or David Bowie's home in the seventies?
1: Oh.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean Bowie.
1: Bowie, but mm-hmm. that's tough. That's
3: that is- I don't know. Cher is a closet. That's
1: mm-hmm. true. But so does Bowie.
3: Yeah. yeah. Bowie. You would fit you could fit in Bowie's clothes.
4: Yeah. Melissa? I know what you're getting to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Bowie. Bowie, Bowie. for What does Johnny
3: have in that house? That's what I like to know. He yeah. might have something
4: close. I bet
2: he has like, uh, it's probably very magpie, yeah. his home.
3: Or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: There yeah. is, you can't see uh, yeah. it, but there's David Bowie as Jareth oh, and Sarah from the labyrinth. Right there. Right there oh. behind me. Oh. This is pillow made by Cutie Pie Kitsch.
3: Hard to see. I'll,
2: well, I'll grab it. I'll like I also have to stand up because I have the worm from the labyrinth tattooed.
1: <gasps>
3: yes! Oh! oh, yes.
1: It is. Uh-huh.
2: It's my favorite. Hold on, I have to take my headphones off. Game on.
1: This is fun. Let's just keep going ah!
2: It's my favorite. This is my favorite movie. It's like my comfort movie. It's like a hug. So, okay, I'm glad we're all in agreement to go ransack past David Bowie's home. Maybe it'll be during the chili pepper and cocaine and milk era of David Bowie. Hopefully. Oof. Who knows? But thank you both so much for sitting down with us today. I cannot wait to share you with our listeners and have them experience everything you two are creating. And I hope they feel as inspired as Melissa and I did sitting down with you, because it's exceptional. Thank you so much.
4: You guys are amazing. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. So fun.
2: I and wish it could have been thank longer. You
4: for indulging.
3: You know?
2: I know, we'll have to come back.
3: Another hour, I think. We'll
2: have to come back when you finish the kitchen.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
2: There's the end. There's the end. To hear even more about the items we talk about today with Ricky and Lizzie, stick around for this week's Curio Corner. This Curio Corner looks a little bit different. It's just me, Sam, here with you. So thanks for joining me so I don't feel so alone from your car or your house or your morning walk or whatever you're doing hi how are you (laughs) good morning good day good evening um it is just me today because this weekend for the mothball prophecies was very busy me melissa and spellcheck were out uh at a stevie nicks concert in salt lake city and it was magical and beautiful and wonderful and the exact thing all three of us needed after the last year that we've had, Um, we were able to turn off and just completely enjoy being around wonderful people and a beautiful, magical concert put on by the Queen herself, Miss Stevie Nicks. She did an amazing job and wore a lot of original shawls and dresses that she's worn throughout the years and did her beautiful Stevie Nicks twirl. And the 20,000 people inside of that amphitheater were just enamored with her and being able to see her and watch her was incredible because it may never happen again for me at least um so if stevie Nicks is coming near you please take the time to go witness the magic she truly puts on in a show because It was marvelous. And there was this darling experience that happened where Landside played and me and Melissa and Spellcheck all held hands and swayed to the music and sang and cried. All three of us just cried through the entire song. And when the song was finished, we just rolled into a three-person hug and held each other and we're just like, I'm so thankful for you and I'm glad that I get to share this moment with you and the next years of our lives together. And... A moment after we broke from our hug, we, Melissa gets this little tap on her shoulder. And it was from these two uh, women behind us that were in their 20s. And they said, I, this sounds really weird, but we've enjoyed watching the three of you have so much fun and be so sweet. And when you guys hugged, we whipped our camera out and took a picture. Is it okay if we airdrop it to you? so that made us cry even more and so they air us the picture and i will share it this week with um the images for this episode because it was truly a magical moment that you don't think is going to be captured and it was captured and that's the first time i've told the story without crying and everybody would be proud of me right <laughs> but i was delighted to finally sit down with ricky and elizabeth um i like i say in the show i love their content i love what they're doing and after we spoke. Ricky started to post the updates for the kitchen that they're adding to the Times Vintage. And he showed the little models that he's made, the little mock-ups. He showed the bubblegum pink tile, the area of the store it's going, and where the glassware is currently sitting in the store. So I encourage you to go follow along as they show this build from start to finish because it's like art being made. And he also shows the, the pink tiles. And I was like, why was pink so popular during the 50s and 60s? Like what was going on that had this huge surge in bright colored bathrooms, kitchens, appliances, dishware, all the things, right? So I look up why was bathroom like pink tile or pink things so popular during the 50s? And I did not know that one of the first ladies was responsible for this charge in pink everything. So my article today comes from SaveThePinkBathrooms.com, which is an incredible domain name. And we're talking specifically today about Mamie Eisenhower. And she was this unwitting creator of the color that is now known as Mamie Pink. Okay. Mamie um, was married to Dwight or Ike for a lot of years before he became president. And they moved 28 times during his military career around to different military bases, parts of the country, parts of the world. So much so that Mamie had tricks to make sure her new military housing was going to be set up exactly how she liked it. She carried a piece of wood in her person like on her person whenever they were moving that had her three favorite paint colors on them. They were pink green and like a creamy white color. She also used rugs and furniture. So when they would get to a new base housing, she would paint, put her rugs out, put her furniture out and the house would feel like it was hers. And this did not stop when she became the first lady. So she was a first lady from 1953 to 1961 And the obsession with pink and also the obsession of Americans with the Eisenhowers during this time was because of her inauguration dress. It started it all. Her inauguration dress was covered in 2000 pink rhinestones and it was in her shade of pink. She wore the shade of pink because she had fair skin and bright blue eyes. And this color pink really accentuated all of her natural features And it did not stop there. She decorated the White House with so much pink that the press dubbed it the Pink Palace. Every part of the White House that she could change and make pink, she made pink. And Ike knew that it was also her favorite color and he would send her pink flowers every morning. Every morning. She decorated bathrooms, kitchens. She decorated with so much pink that there were the little items inside of her bathroom that were also pink. So while living at the White House, they also had a farm in Gettysburg, and she had a pink bathroom, and Ike had a green bathroom, the typical 50s, 60s green. But this woman was serious about pink. She had pink cotton balls in her bathroom, pink cotton balls, pink toilet covers, pink carpets, pink tub, pink sink. Everything was her Mamie Pink. And this is where she redecorates the White House in pink also. And that's where the reporters started saying it's the pink palace because it was everywhere. There's another term for this pink called first lady pink, right? There was probably no question that American women found this highly attractive and they picked up on it. There was so many pink bathrooms. There's an estimated rough number that between 10 and 20 million homes contained a pink bathroom or a pink room inside of them. And this pink matched the exuberance of the time. We're just coming out of World War II. GIs are coming home. There is a lot of prosperity across the American landscape. And people are wanting comfort. They're wanting bright. They're wanting cheery. They're wanting happy after the last 30 years that they've had of nonsense. Right? Right? And this created a craze that arrived heavily in 1953 that involved pink kitchens and pink bathrooms. And it was a frenzy until 1947. And that's where things start to drop off. And then we hit the 60s and shit gets bad again. And we go to browns and oranges and greens. But let's go back a little bit more to Mamie's pink. When Mamie stepped into the White House and decided to go full into the pink side of things, she started to redecorate the residential floors of the right, the White House. So these are only used by the family and they're not available for public viewing. She had the carpets, curtains, bathrooms, and linens were all pink. All pink. She had pink dresses in her closet, pink clothes, pants, shirts, you name it. It was pink down to the toiletries. So her influence was absolutely... Amazing for that time. And there was a couple other things I wanted to touch on that Mamie did while she was in the White House. There's one, like, not so cool thing. Well, I'm sure there's another, like, number of them. But when the Kennedys were coming in to replace the Eisenhowers in the White House, it was reported that Mrs. Eisenhower did not care for Mrs. Jacqueline. Kennedy. So much so that Jacqueline Kennedy had given birth to their son, John Jr. via cesarean section two weeks prior to the tour of the White House before they were going to move in. And Mamie did not inform her that there was a wheelchair available for her to use and showing her the sections of the White House that they would be occupying. Um, Seeing Eisenhower's displeasure during the tour, she Mrs. Kennedy kept to herself and did not show that she was in incredible pain and really struggling to make it through the tour in Mamie's presence. Once she was home, she collapsed and slept and was in excruciating pain. And when asked about it, Mamie said, well, she didn't ask me for a wheelchair, which I'm like, girl, we we just have to help everybody out. They don't need to ask you. Somebody's in pain. They had a baby. Like, let's be nice. Also, it's very well noted that during her stint in the White House as First Lady, when Dwight suffered some health conditions, she took over a lot of uh, the work he was doing, like responding to letters, doing administrative stuff, and all of those things. And she was highly regarded for how efficiently and well she handled those situations. She also believed as a cornerstone of what she did that she would write a letter back to every person that wrote a letter to her. And she did that up to the end of their time at the White House and after. There's also later in life after Eisenhower died, he suffered a stroke in 1979. Ten years after her husband died, this is after they have left the White House, Um, he passes away and in 1979, Mamie suffers a stroke. She's rushed to Walter Reed Medical Center and her husband died ten years before in that very hospital. She remained in the hospital until Halloween and announced to her granddaughter that she would die the next day. She died in her sleep in the morning of November 1st, just days before her 83rd birthday. In 1980, her birthplace in Boone, Iowa was dedicated as a historic site. Abigail Adams is one of the only other first ladies to be so honored with these places and as much acclaim. Another great thing about Mamie is in 1958 she was reported to be the first person to initiate halloween decorations to be put up in the white house she liked decorating for the holidays so there's where your 50s pink craze comes from is from mamie eisenhower herself and her love of the soft pink color i just you know you learn something new every day it's a short Curio this week. Cause I'm not going to talk at you for 20 minutes today, mostly because I need to go fold laundry and start preparing some things for the rest of my week is busy. Um, it's garden time. It's lawn care time. It's vintage time, you know, like Tim, the tool man, Taylor, it's tool time. I hope that all of you have a wonderful week and that you take the time out of your week to go and enjoy Ricky TV's content on TikTok, as well as drool all of the beautiful vintage over at the Times Vintage. If you're not following these two accounts, please do, because you're going to regret it one day. You can get some really great design inspiration just from their store, as well as what Ricky creates. They're magical creatures. Please enjoy them. And as always... I hope you find some really good shit this week, like the best stuff. I hope you find some holy grail stuff this week. And I hope you remember that you're looking under those tables, okay? Look under the tables, scan the wall, top of bookshelves, use your camera if you're short, okay? I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Bye.